how significant is a name? I mean, can the right name make a difference? A young man named James grew up in a small remote town, but his dream was always to attend the, the large prestigious university in the city. And although his grades were good and he had done everything that was necessary, uh, he was not initially accepted. Uh, although he had good grades, he really didn't have a whole lot of connections. One day, James was up in his grandmother's attic, and he was going through the things up there, and he discovered an old trunk. Inside the trunk, he found a series of letters uh, that were tied together with a faded ribbon. Uh, they were correspondence between his great-grandfather and the then dean of the university. It turns out that James's grandfather had not only been best friends with the dean, but had played a significant role in the establishment of the university. His counsel, his support, and his contributions uh, had been invaluable in the early days of that university. So armed with this new information, James went back to the university uh, and he brought with him those letters, this time mentioning his great-grandfather's name. Suddenly, doors started to open. The university wanted to hear more about the connection his great-grandfather had with the university. Uh, they uh, got with the admissions office again, his, uh, his application was reconsidered, and James was eventually admitted as a student to the university. His dreams finally realized. Well, the world is filled with names that carry a lot of weight, does it not? Uh, we have names of influential leaders, we have revolutionary inventors that abound, uh, celebrated heroes, but yet there is not another name in the entire universe that is above and more important than the name Jesus. And so there is so much in a name, a name that just uh, by speaking the name carries the power to heal, carries the the power to save, and can do miraculous things because of the name of Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter 4, where we are this morning, verses 5 through 12, we encounter an extraordinary scene. If you remember from last week, after Peter had been speaking and John, uh, they had been whisked away by uh, the, the religious leaders, by the rulers, and they had been arrested and brought before the religious authorities because they proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And despite the intimidating presence of these uh, important leaders during the time of, of, J of Peter and John, uh, they were very bold in their speaking that there is no other name given among men given among, uh, to mankind, uh, whereby uh, we are saved. So as this morning we unpack this, uh, this 
pivotal scripture today, and it's a, it's a verse that, that many, many know that's packed into this series of verses this morning that we're going to explore this morning the weight of the name Jesus Christ and unpack the weight that it carries and also the unique role that the name of Jesus Christ plays in our salvation. We'll look into the, the, the courage of Peter and John this morning as they stood for this truth. And we'll challenge ourselves this morning to mirror the same boldness that Peter and John exhibited before these powerful religious leaders. By the way, these were the same religious leaders that had Jesus crucified. So here is Peter and John standing before them, and God gave them the boldness to say, this name that you arrested us for speaking about, there is no other name under heaven that has ever been given whereby people can be forgiven of their sin and become right with Jehovah God, the God that you follow. So that is what we're going to look at this morning. And because we bear that remarkable name, we're called Christians. It began as a, uh, a disparagement. It began as a word that uh, was meant to put down those people, the, the followers of the way, uh, or those little Christs. Uh, because we bear that remarkable name this morning, we have the wonderful opportunity to share that name with everyone uh, with which we come into contact with. So let's begin this morning by reading our text. We begin in Acts chapter 4, verse number 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, remember those names, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a key there, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man. Remember, he, he named the name Jesus, and he said, get up and walk. And this lame man, <clears throat> through the miraculous name of Jesus, got up and walked. The same man that people had seen day after day after day and walked by, and they had heard him begging for charity as they walked past and they remembered, isn't this the same man that used to be at the beautiful gate and was asking for money? Yes, this is the same man. By what means has he been made well? <laughs> Let it be made known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the what? The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and here he gets a little more bold, and he says, Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you made whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter and John's declaration before the Sanhedrin is an inspiring show of courage. Here they are, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks of these same men who were responsible for putting the Messiah to death, says, this man, the name by which this man is made whole, is the same one that you crucified, and you rejected him, but God has made him the chief cornerstone of the building. And anyone who's a builder understands the significance of that statement. Now, this, this kind of courage was not unique to the early disciples. Uh, just to name a few, consider the modern-day believers who live out their faith in parts of the world where Christianity is not only not allowed, but may be illegal. Uh, there are countless examples of individuals ex displaying similar bravery, even to the point of death. Uh, consider uh, those who are uh, many many uh, modern-day believers uh, who are followers of Jesus Christ, uh, where, where they, they live and serve in places where Christianity is just uh, marginalized. Uh, there are those who have left comfortable lives to give up the comfort of maybe good jobs and leave their family to go to distant parts of the world to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Many places who have never even heard <clears throat> in the name of Jesus Christ, and in many places where they have to be careful, otherwise they may be arrested or they may lose their lives, or because of the unrest in those countries, uh, they may become part of that civil unrest, but yet they still serve God with boldness. Uh, or, or think about everyday followers of Christ in our own communities, uh, individuals who choose to live out their faith in workplaces, in schools, and in homes uh, where maybe their beliefs are not shared uh, or maybe their beliefs are not respected, but yet they still live out their faith no matter what. So like the early disciples, there are countless believers all over the world that display the same boldness that Peter and John displayed before the Sanhedrin. Uh, and it's our privilege as well to bear the name of Jesus well, and to be a testimony to all around us that we love, that we forgive, and we care, and we are not silent in our witness, and that we follow Jesus. He is the only name by, by which we can have our sins forgiven and can be made right with God and can have a new life on earth today, the only way. So let's take a look at how Peter and John deal with these religious rulers. The first thing we see is they proclaim the power of Jesus' name. This is the power by which this lame man was healed. It is the power in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, why, how'd you do this? By what power? What gave you the right to, to do this? What, 
What, by what power, by what name have you done this? Whose authority were you acting under? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, Rulers, if we this, this day are judged for a good deed done by a helpless man, or to a helpless man, by what means? He said, you ask, I am going to tell you. Let it be made known to you all. If we stand before rulers and authorities in the world today or before judges and they ask, why are you doing what you do? We can just as Peter stated before these religious rulers, let it be made known to you that we speak and we live in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now he was speaking to a Jewish, Jewish audience and so he was bringing down uh, the name of Jesus to a local uh, community. And he says, this man who you, some of you uh, saw grow up, that this is the name by which we do what we do. So in the, in the midst of their trial, Peter boldly declares that it's by the name of Jesus Christ that this man was made whole. And God raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, it is by that name that he was made whole. It was the same council, as we said, that uh, condemned Jesus Christ to die. And the Holy Spirit fills Peter and John, and they're able to speak the name of Jesus uh, to this group. Uh, you know, when we consider the modern-day parallels of the power in the name of Jesus Christ, there are no limit to the testimonies uh, that we could think about. There's a story of a, of a woman named Lily, uh, who battled with addiction for many, many years. You know, day in and day out, uh, she, was, um, she was shackled to that addiction. She tried everything that she could to, to break those chains of addiction to no avail. And one day in her desperation, she cried out to Jesus. And she started attending a Christian recovery group. She came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. Not only did Jesus uh, break those chains of addiction, uh, she later started her own recovery group and began helping others uh, who were shackled by similar addictions. And there's no limit to the testimonies of what Jesus Christ can do in the hearts and the minds of others. Just this week, I was listening to uh, the testimony of someone who had been abused as a, as a child and, and who uh, the rest of um, the girls in her family were abused by a family member. And she said, it was when I turned it over completely to Jesus that I was able to let it go and just let him take care of it. There's power in the name because there's no other name but Jesus Christ. Uh, so this leads us to a challenge. Are we going to stand up? Are we going to be bold in our faith by naming the name of Jesus Christ? You know, the world doesn't mind the word God because in their own minds, it might be Buddha. It might be the celestial being. It might be their higher power. But when we name the name of Jesus Christ, there is no confusion. <laughs> We're talking about a person. We're talking about the person Jesus. The name given among, uh, there's no other name given among men 
by which we are to be saved. So are we willing to call upon that name when we're struggling? This morning, Brother Long talked about when he was drawing a number of years ago, uh, one of the chalk drawings, and he was having some difficulty. And Miss Amelia said, well, well Jerry, did you pray first? <laughs> did you name the name Jesus? Well, no. Okay, well, therein lies your problem. Uh, the name of Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the world. So in our times of need, in our effort to bring the gospel to the world, are we willing to name the name of Jesus Christ? Because Jesus is the only name for salvation. There is no other name. It's not in Buddha. Uh, it's not in <clears throat> any other religious leader, because today every other religious leader, no matter who they are, uh, someone could probably uh, point to their grave. If, that, if, they, if they were exhumed, they would find bones there because that's where that religious leader lays. Jesus Christ is different. They came on that first, uh, that Sunday morning, and they found an empty tomb. Verse 11, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter goes even further in his proclamation. He tells, that, he tells him that Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected when, when a building was being erected. And if it was being built out of stone... Uh, you know, that it, it was very often the stones were cut elsewhere in a quarry and they were brought and they were laid in place. And as the builders laid one stone upon another, they would look at the stone and said, no, no, yeah, this one fits. And they would go stone by stone. And there were some stones that were rejected for one reason or another. So the image of the stone was not new to these men to whom Peter and John spoke. Um, they were experts in the Old Testament scripture as well. They knew that the stone or the rock was a symbol of God. Deuteronomy 32, 4, verse 15, verse 18, 2 Samuel uh, 22, Psalm 18, Isaiah 28, 16 talks about that. And God is referred uh, in that manner. The prophet Daniel used the, the rock to picture the Messiah. So he said, this stone, you builders, you rejected him. And this stone that you rejected, God took and made him the chief cornerstone, perfectly square by which the entire building was set. He said, God took the one that you rejected and he made him the name above every single name. And in verse 12, he goes on to boldly declare that there's no salvation anywhere else. It's only in this name of Jesus, the, name, the same name that made this lame man whole. Uh, Peter saw the, uh, I believe Peter saw the healing of this, uh, this, this beggar as, as well as, and he compared it to our spiritual healing made whole in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 9 is the same Greek word translated saved in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. 
So what happens when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior? We are made whole. No matter what we have gone through, no matter what we have done, no matter what we have experienced in our life, no matter how broken our life may seem, the moment we trust Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in to reside within us. You and I, God takes those broken pieces and He makes you and me whole. Isn't that awesome? To be made whole. That's what our world wants so much. That is what is so lacking in our world today. In a world that is lost and broken, we need that wholeness. And so salvation, the same, the, the same uh, name that made this lame man whole and allowed him to walk is the same name by which we are saved and made whole through Jesus Christ uh, this, I believe this statement in verse number 12 underlines, underlines the uniqueness of Jesus' role in our salvation. It was only through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we are able to be made whole. In a world where uh, there are many who claim multiple paths to salvation. There are some who who claim it's in this or it's in that or it, it doesn't matter what you believe that uh, everyone, as long as, I've heard this, as long as you are sincere, it's okay. Well, as long as you go to church, as long as you follow the Ten Commandments, you are okay. Christianity asserts a singular path. There is one way to God, and it's through none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I believe verse 12 uh, underlines the the entire foundation of, of what we believe. It's Jesus Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection on the cross. Now, this exclusivity doesn't make our faith restrictive. As a matter of fact, what it does is it opens up the possibility of salvation to the whole world. Some say, well, Christianity is too restrictive. Really? I thought Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And all you've got to do is come and trust. How, How exclusive is that? It's offered to the world. All you've got to do is come and believe. I look at that as being the one thing that all the world can use. (laughs) There's no other name than Jesus Christ. So what does this mean for you and me today? Well, I believe it challenges us to place our faith and our trust solely in Jesus Christ. It explains. Uh, it behooves us to respect and to honor the name, under, understanding the unique relationship we have with the creator of the universe in none other than Jesus Christ. Uh, we have the unique power and we have the unique privilege to name the name of Jesus Christ. It should shape our lives. You know, our, our lives should be Jesus-shaped, not shaped by the world, 
but our lives should be Jesus-shaped. So when people look upon us, they see who? They see Jesus. Because we are his physical presence on planet Earth. The Bible says we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouth. So the world listens to us, and we proclaim to them the words of life. So there is no other name. It should shape our lives. It should shape our decisions in everything that we do. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. He'll make our paths straight. Also, our relationships as well. So what's our response to him? Peter gave the opportunity for people to respond to him. We're encouraged to trust in Jesus' name in a world full of alternative truths. So our response is, Trust in this name of Jesus Christ. Hold steadfast to your faith. Don't let anyone talk you out of your faith. Because all you have to do is go back to the Word of God and see what God's Word says. To hold fast to our faith and acknowledging that our salvation comes in Jesus Christ alone. We're also challenged with the responsibility to bear the name of Jesus Christ, to name the name of Jesus Christ to a needy world, a world that is broken, a world that is longing for wholeness. We have their answer. We have the answer, and it's in Jesus Christ. He can take those pieces. And as, as I was speaking to this person this week, talking about their brokenness, talking about the brokenness in their family, and talked, talking about how they said that, that Jesus has taken those broken pieces and is making something beautiful out of it. You know, so, you know people, people take, artists take uh, broken pieces of glass and make a mosaic, and it's called artwork, and it sells for boatloads of money. God has taken those broken pieces in our life and he's putting together in just the right order. And he's making a masterpiece to show his power, to show his love to a broken world, to say, look at what God can do. He can take the broken pieces and he can create a masterpiece. So there's an invitation for each one of us today. For those of you who are listening, if you have never acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you still feel broken, if you still wonder how can God love you because of what you've done or because what you have experienced, know this, that Jesus' name, the name that is above every name that we sang about earlier this morning, is the name that can make you whole. If it's been a while since you've really lived for Jesus and have shared that name with those who are lost and those who are broken, make that commitment this morning to say, I will share my faith with those I work with. I will share my faith with my neighbors. I will share my faith with the community around me. Make that commitment this morning. Maybe there's some who have grown cold in their faith. Let's warm back up to him 
this morning. Uh, let's bow our heads, and would you, uh, if it's in your heart this morning, would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. We thank you for the privilege of bearing his name and for the salvation that it brings. And as we've learned today, there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we're to be saved. We confess this morning, we confess our faith in you. Jesus, we acknowledge your lordship over our lives and we, we commit to living in a way that honors your name. Forgive us for the times we've fallen short. Strengthen us to stand firm in our faith even when we're faced with difficulties and we're faced with challenges. Lord, help us to pro boldly proclaim your power and your salvation to a dying and a broken world. Lord, fill us with your spirit that we might reflect your love, that we might reflect your grace and truth. And Lord, as bearers of your name, may we represent you well in our world today. Father, we recommit ourselves to you today. We choose to trust you in every circumstance, whether we understand you or not, or understand it or not. Lord, we seek you in all of our decisions, large and small, and to serve you with all of our hearts. We pray this in the unmatched, an unrivaled name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we conclude this morning, as, as we wind this message down, Jesus is our cornerstone. <laughs> He's our Savior. There's no other name. This is not a religion. We don't follow a religion, we follow a person, and it's Jesus Christ. Just like the story of James that we heard earlier this morning, who found open doors through the legacy of a name, we too have doors of grace, of mercy, and love open to us simply through the name Jesus Christ. Uh, so let's leave here with a renewed sense of purpose that we have been called, we have been commissioned. And we have been given a mission, and that is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and a broken world. And as we step into the coming week, I've got three practical steps for us to take this week. First of all, live out your faith boldly. Live out our faith boldly this week. Uh, I challenge you to, uh, to boldly live out uh, your faith, maybe in a way that you've never lived it out before. Maybe there's a neighbor that... Maybe they're that uh, prickly neighbor that, that you just don't want to have anything to do with or you're afraid to have anything to do with. Why don't you just share love to them? Share Jesus with them. Um, you know, this could be anything from sharing your testimony with a friend. It could, be, it could be asking, can I pray for you to a coworker? Maybe they come to you and, oh, they're down in the dumps. Or maybe they come to you and talk about a family member uh, who has a, a significant health issue. Maybe you've never done this before. Say, hey, do you mind if I pray for you right now? You wouldn't imagine what that can do for someone. 
and it may begin uh, a watershed of God's Holy Spirit being able to, to use just that simple prayer in their, in their hearts. Uh, remember the courage of Peter and John as they spoke to these religious leaders. And secondly, trust in the power of Jesus' name. When you have a need, when you're facing a challenge, when there are times of uncertainty, name the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed to name the name of Jesus, even if it's just within your own thoughts. And don't be ashamed to, to name the name out loud. People think, what? Oh, I'm just naming the name of Jesus. Be courageous. Uh, remember, there's healing, there's salvation, uh, and there's wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. And then number three, represent Jesus' name well. People are watching. They want to see how you respond to someone treating you badly. People watch how you respond when someone says something. People watch you to see how you'll respond when something difficult happens in your life. And people are watching to see, am I going to get upset? Am I going to get negative? Am I going to blow my cool? Or am I going to, as some people say, am I going to lose my religion? People are watching. So, represent the name of Jesus well. We have a responsibility. Uh, so this week, strive to represent Jesus Christ well. Show love, forgiveness, grace, <laughs> and look for opportunities to, to, to show the character of Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world, just in everyday life. So whether it's in your family, whether it's in your workplace, or whether it's in the community, make it your aim to honor Jesus Christ in every area of your life. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the name of Jesus Christ, for there is no other name that holds such power, that holds such eminence, and that has the power to save, the power to make whole. We have a name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. It's in that name that we pray this morning. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.